0: Bye. I'm Georgie Barrett.
1: And I'm Alex Goldstein.
0: And welcome to the Sleep Life podcast, the show from Simba designed to help you unlock your sleeping potential. Whether you have trouble getting your head down or you're interested in boosting your performance, this podcast is all about realising that sleep is very much at the foundation of everything we do whilst we're awake. Now, Alex, what part of sleep are we exploring today? Something I'm surprised we haven't
1: really touched on in its entirety before, actually, which is sleep and the creative brain. So we're going to have a very exciting guest from the world of advertising and we're going to look at the relationship between kind of getting 40 winks and having a light bulb moment.
0: Love it. I really love exploring the side of sleep. Um, now, previously we've discussed sleep's effect on your ability to make good decisions. Are we saying that a better night's sleep can actually make you more creative too? So that's
1: exactly what we want to explore. So despite you get these stereotypes of the kind of scatterbrained creative, actually yeah. memory and observation are really important in being able to kind of draw Draw on what's seen and heard in creativity. So sleep is well documented to help build and preserve our memories. So there's one theory about how that works is that during deep sleep, so non-REM sleep, our hippocampus prompts our cortex to actually mentally replay our memories so that those get consolidated.
0: Okay, so it's all sort of about organising things so your brain can then better process it when you're awake. Potentially,
1: but then we've got other studies that suggest that actually the problem-solving element of creativity is most closely aligned with REM sleep, which is the bit where we do all our dreaming.
0: Interesting. So so dreaming and creativity could potentially be linked.
1: Let's find out. I mean,
0: there's quite an obvious link of uh, it could be a source of inspiration. But yeah, we'll we'll talk about that later. Well, I'm really looking forward to speaking about all this. But first, I think we should introduce our fabulous guest. He's a man who is no stranger to the creative process. In fact, he was knighted in 2007 for his services to the creative industries. In the 1980s, he co-founded one of the world's most famous advertising agencies, Bartle Bogle Hegarty known as BBH, where he's been responsible for countless groundbreaking campaigns and has won basically every award going. Uh, he's also written a number of books on creativity. So a very warm welcome to Sir John Hecate. John, hello. That's hello. quite the intro, wasn't
2: it? It was fantastic. I, who is this man? I, <laughs> I, must, I must meet him.
0: <laughs> now, John, we always ask our guests, how did you sleep last night? Did you sleep OK?
2: I slept very well last night, actually. I always have this thing of when you get to a certain age... You have a glass of water by your by your bed, and I always when I get up in the morning, I think, how much water have I drunk? And I got up this morning and
1: I hadn't drunk any, so I
0: hadn't. That's a good sign. Then a
2: good sign. Yeah, very good sign. So I slept well.
1: Brilliant. Uh, how about you, Alex? I did sleep well, and I actually have the stats to prove it now. So we have soft launched this week the Simba Sleep app. Uh, so it's a, a phone based tracker. That you can have on next to you during the night. We've soft launched it to some of our kind of biggest fans and I was trying it out last night and apparently I did actually sleep well. So
0: That's always good to know. Have you have you ever tracked your sleep, John? Is that something uh, you've ever tried? I
1: haven't. I I think actually it's a really good idea. It's one of those
2: things I'd like to do.
1: We'll
0: send you the testing.
2: Um, well good. <laughs> I've yeah, got we'll something. For you this. Up oh, for that. First free gift, right? More. <laughs>
0: <laughs> now, John, people all over the world would have seen your work, but might not have realized that BBH were the sort of brains and creative force behind it. Um what campaign would you pick out as the one that sort of best sums up what you do, or maybe the one you're most proud of? Is is there a standout thing?
2: Well the <sighs> You know, if you're working in the creative world, what you always say, what you always say to that question is, "What's the piece of work you most love?" You 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 kind of reply saying, "Hopefully, the next one I do." On the basis that you've still got things that you're going to be doing, but I suppose the campaign that we're most globally famous for is for the Levi's 501 campaign, which started in the mid '80s and ran for about 15 or so years. So that's the one that probably won most awards. Helped launch Brad Pitt, got a man taking his... Clothes off in a laundrette. Yes, and, you know. That, that basically, the in, campaign was about people taking their clothes off, which you could sort of say as a preamble to going to bed. But that was the one—the <laughs> Levi's campaign. I like your <laughs> link there. Yeah, it's really, a, it's you're a, really a on, link. On I've been working on that one. <laughs> yeah. So that—that's the campaign I think we were most famous for.
0: Brilliant. And, and today is obviously all about sleep and creativity. What is your definition of creativity?
2: Ah, well, it's it, it, you know, it's interesting that because there is no absolute definition of creativity. There are a number of. Uh, Ways that people define it. I mean, the first thing to say was we are all creative. Everybody is creative. It's just some people earn their living by being creative, by doing it. Just like we can all sing, but not everybody's going to perform at the Albert Hall.
0: I don't think I would make a living out of no, singing. No, neither
2: would I. I would surely be a very short lived career. Anyway, so that's the first thing to say that we're all creative. The other thing is that it was once said to me, you know, music is the greatest of all art forms, and I went, "Mm, I'm not sure. I think it's the second greatest of all art forms. I think life is the greatest of all art forms. And therefore, I define creativity as an expression of self. So when you're thinking of ideas, what you are actually doing is expressing what you feel or think. And that, I think, is a very, for me anyway, is a very important definition of creativity. And I suppose if you think about when you hear a director talking about a movie they're making or a writer talking about a book they've written or a painter, they're talking about what they wanted to say. What was the point of their work? And they're putting, you're putting yourself into your work. So an expression of self.
0: Brilliant. And I love that because it's incredibly inclusive. It's saying that, you know, everybody can do it. It's not just left to you your advertising execs. Um, how do you sort of go about sort of liberating people's creative voices? You know, how do you cultivate that within your team and go about choosing that?
2: Well, first of all, what's wonderful about a creative environment, if you really want a, a creative environment, you've got to allow complete freedom of expression. You can't restrict Because you never know where an idea is going to come from. And that's why we always say, you know, children have a natural creative expression. They express themselves. They don't worry about it because they're not trying to repress anything. And sadly, as we age, um, society, habit, whatever it might be, begins to stop us expressing ourselves. So the most important thing you you've got to have in a creative environment, is a freedom of expression, the ability to say what you want, how you want, when you want.
0: So is are there particular people that, are, you know, that these characteristics are more prevalent in? Is there a way of cultivating that a little bit more?
2: Well, certainly. I mean, they often say that an extrovert is better than an introvert, but I'm not sure I buy that. I mean, I think a lot of outstanding creative people i've met have been quite introverted uh, uh, and in a way what they do is they use their work as an outlet yeah. so they might be very shy and quiet but actually when it comes to their work then they really really let go and they sort of express themselves so uh, there's no absolute type i mean i, I everybody can be made better mm. uh, creativity. Everybody can do better at creativity. Whether or not, as I say, as I go back to, will you be great at it is another question. But as I say, creating an environment whereby you feel you can express yourself is the first step.
0: Brilliant. And, and you know, obviously, we've already touched upon, Alex, that sleep is actually a really important part of that process. Can you just start to unpick a little bit of the neuroscience behind that?
1: For sure. I mean, I think one of the things that you talk about when you when you say that sleep, uh, creativity is an expression of self is making connections connections between what you've observed and what you've experienced and in order to do that you need at some point to spend some time sorting through that in your own head now Matthew Walker in his book why we sleep gives a really lovely analogy for what happens during sleep in terms of sculpting a statue so a lovely creative analogy actually so in the in the deep part of sleep in the non-rem part of sleep those stages we seem to clear out the stuff from the day and and sort of pick out concepts so a little bit like clearing away the excess clay and then in the REM part of sleep when we're dreaming we seem to start making connections so a little bit like kind of sculpting in the details the eyes the form so there's, there's something there about kind of using sleep to start picking out concepts and and linking them together in your head and in fact going on from that Penny Lewis of Cardiff University believes that that because we have progressive sleep cycles so we get more non-REM sleep in the earlier part of the night and and more REM sleep in the later part of the night she believes there's a progressive process that helps us develop creatively and solve problems through
0: sleep and did she, she did some studies around that is that right
1: Yes, so she did some studies around that. There's also been some other studies in other universities. So there was one where people were given a task with a kind of secret strategy for unpicking it. And then half of them were allowed to sleep eight hours and the other half were sleep deprived. And of the half that were allowed to sleep eight hours, 60% of them, so nearly two thirds, solved the problem quite easily the next day. Whereas only 23% of those who were sleep deprived could spot the strategy.
0: So that whole idea of of sleeping on a problem, that there is genuine science behind that. There does seem to be, yes. Um, John, is that something that you you do? Do you you sleep on stuff if you sort of come to a bit of a creative block? I
2: definitely think that's absolutely right. I I always sort of say, you you know, you do your best thinking when you're not thinking. Mm. And that's because you've, as as Alex has just said, you've taken all this information in, you've taken it, you're absorbing all of these things and then out emerges an idea. So for me, it's it's incredibly important that you get a good night's sleep. If you... If you don't, if you wake up, stress is not good for creativity. Yeah, it suppresses things. So, if you don't get enough sleep, you stress, um, and when you stress, you're not going to do great work. And and so, therefore, for me, I find dreaming very good. I sort of see myself as a bit of a dreamer. I love dreaming. I'm I'm not very good at lots of practical things and stuff like that. And you know, I can just about turn on my computer and but I'm dreaming and I I think sleep is such an important part of that and I love it and that's why I love sleeping and I love kind of going into that sense of dream and that I'm exploring where am I going tonight it's almost like that I don't think you go
0: are you speaking about literal dreaming or sort of like daydreaming daydreaming
2: and and you you I, I create stories in my head you know and if I ever have a problem with sleeping I create a story and I make. That, this, so that's
0: how you get yourself to sleep. And that's
2: how I get myself to sleep. And I, I and I never finish the story. And I can go back to stories. So I didn't finish that one. Or maybe I should go back and redo that one. Oh, that's and, lovely. And I Are go into sort of, it. Sort
0: of fictional fiction or whatever. So you
2: know, it could be whatever you like. And the wonderful thing in your dreams, you can be who you like, where you like, with whom you like. You know, saying what you like. And it's a wonderful way. As my advice to people, if if you have a problem. See, Create these dreams, create these stories, these wonderful stories where you're doing something and you meet somebody and you have a conversation and it takes you somewhere and, you know, you can do whatever you like.
0: But if you're caught up in the middle of a campaign, does it ever keep you up at night, that sort of trying to get, work out a creative problem?
2: It sometimes does. I mean, I, I, I found that that sort of semi-sleep, and I'm not technical about it, is a, is a wonderful place for kind of ideas drifting in and out. But also, it's very, very important in the credit process. And we always have this phrase of give it the overnight test.
0: OK, so that there you know, is a so phrase. There that... is a phrase.
2: It's called give it the overnight test. And sometimes, you know, people have said to me, have you ever come up with brilliant ideas uh, in the middle of the night? And yes. I'm not really. Okay. I've come up with ideas, but the next morning I've gone, good. What was
0: I thinking? <laughs> what, sorry, was I
2: was that's completely mad? What did that even
0: say? <laughs> but,
2: you, yeah, but you then get wonderful examples of of as you know those who know uh, and have read Keith Richards' book. You know he woke up with the the satisfaction riff in his head, got up, played it on his guitar, and then went back to sleep. Forgot to turned the tape recorder off and he had sort of like eight seconds of satisfaction and eight hours of snoring.
0: <laughs> well, hey, kind of, you know, that's enough. Hey, I'll that's take, enough. I'll, I'll take, take the eight seconds. <laughs> yeah. He's
2: made a career out of that. But, you know, so you do get those. It depends on what it is, I think. And I think from that story, I get... I sometimes get melodies in my head. And if I was a musician, I think I would be able to write those down yeah. and, and and do something with them. But because I'm mostly constructing a kind of narrative and a narrative which has to have a sort of powerful sense of reduction so you're taking a complex problem reducing it down to a very very simple thought and that takes quite a lot of i suppose inspiration and brain power yeah so and the
0: combination of the light bulb moment light bulb but then also moment. working then away at you've it you've got to
2: work away at it so sleeping is ultra ultimately incredibly important for you to be in that mood, in that place, to be able to refresh the next morning. Yeah. And actually, fun and enough, I've th- always said I'm a... You know, I used to love getting in early uh, at the agency because I loved the morning. I loved... That was when I was most creative. I'm sure...
0: There is definitely something I was that.
2: much better up until about 11 o'clock. Yeah. And then I think I should have clocked out and gone back to bed. Really yes, so now be. you, so you should have You know, my yep. partners would have... <laughs> Probably questioned that logic, but, anyway. <laughs> but certainly I was. And you get some people who are the other way around They, yes. I work with a wonderful writer because I was an art director, and so wonderful. And he said he loved going home and at about ten o'clock at night after, you know, he'd watch something. He'd sit down and
0: write for three hours. Yeah, and well, that's all about it. your your chronotype, isn't it? Yes. So people do
1: actually fall into particular sleeping and waking and energy patterns through the day, and they are actually there is a gene. I will have to look up the name, but I believe it's the PR2. 3 gene, the length of which seems to determine what kind of chronotype you are, more or less. So there is a genetic component to to whether you are more creative earlier in the day or later, or more energetic, at least, or more productive. So yeah, it probably would have been justified in in skipping off at lunchtime, but uh, it would have (laughs) been a hard sell. Yes, it would have been a hard sell,
2: wouldn't (laughs) it? And it's all
0: about sort of finding what suits you and then sort of planning and creating your day around that.
2: Again, that goes back to that whole thing about a, a creative company has got to be very flexible. In how it engages and works with people, it can't over-impose. You've got to do a bit of imposition. You've got to kind of go, I've got to have a time when I can talk to you, so please do come in. (laughs) But um, you can't be too rigid.
0: I know. But advertising does have that reputation for being this sort of very high-paced, high-stakes kind of world. And you said, you know, that works almost against creativity. How do you counteract that?
2: Well, there's there's a side to it. Well, that's about energy. There's another element to this, which is an energised environment is a very exciting environment to be in and if you're if you're working on creative problems the excitement around a problem is really really feed your creativity okay that's, so that's the driving sort of the, force that's the driving force god this could be really exciting we've got to do something great here we have the opportunity to do it so you want that energy yeah and energy is fundamentally
1: important to to creativity
0: um alex let's uh, talk about the impact of the lack of sleep how does that impact creativity?
1: yeah, so there's various different ways that the kind of lack of sleep can kill some of those processes. We talked a little about bit about memory. There's also, I mean, no one wants to think about design or creativity by committee. But like you say, there's something to the energy of being around other creative people. And one of the problems with a lack of sleep is it can make you relate less well to the world around you. So you can see increased amygdala activity, which basically means that you react with more fear and aggression. You don't read other people's emotions as well. You're not as empathetic. You're more likely to take risks, but they're not sort of calculated creative risks You don't know, but you're behaving more impulsively and you don't realise that you're doing it. So all of those things can begin to sort of break down relationships between people, but also stop you from being able to think sort of innovatively.
0: Okay, and John, you've definitely spoken before about, you know, the importance of having a good creative team around you. How important is it cultivating those relationships?
2: Well, if you're following a creative career... It's in many ways a very selfish career. You've got to constantly invest in your creative abilities. So you've got to be around other great creative people. You've got to be feeding off them. You've got to be seeing what they're doing, understanding where they're coming from, the excitement around their work. So it's in many ways, you know... I'm not, you know, if you're an accountant, I'm not sure it matters if you're in working for one of the top accountancy firms or somewhere out in Scunthorpe. Not that I have anything against Scunthorpe, it's a wonderful place. But if you're in a creative profession, you really you are going to feed off the people around you, which so it's no surprising that, you know, great artists always try to come together, they always try to work off what each other was was doing and 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 get inspiration from each other. And I think You have to be alert, you have to be aware, you have to be sensitive to what's going on around you. And that if you're not that, then I think it is going to dull your creative ability.
0: And the whole sort of getting on with people, um, is your, your fifty five year career, have you have <laughs> you had any sort of um, you know, all nighters or times where it's sort of been quite fractious at work because oh, of many, lack of sleep? Yeah,
2: many times. I mean, uh, and and I've I've never been very good at that. I've always said I'll bugger it, I'm going off to bed and I'll go oh, and good sleep. for you know some people guest. do. Well, you know, we have this expression which is, you know, good is the enemy of great. You can get to good quite easily. The situation is, do you want to get to great? And that takes real energy, commitment. Um, You have to have the ability to see it and understand it. So, you know, if you're completely burnt out, then you're never going to get to great. You have got to refresh. You've got to come back refreshed. And the brain will just go, sorry, I'm out. I'm checking out. You can do whatever you like. I'm out.
0: So you've been quite good at prioritising, yeah. you know, having that time out, stepping, stepping back and looking at it. Alex, you also spoke about people's approach to risk, that almost they take more risk when they have had less sleep. Yes.
1: Yeah, so it seems like we're, we're more likely to behave impulsively and take those risks. But the interesting thing is that we're less aware of it. So in creativity, sometimes you want to take a risk. You want to look for freedom. You want to look for those things. But I think you, you have to know that you're doing it. You have to do it with quite a lot of deliberation. And you need you need that kind of Energy and strength to do it. But I I think if you're sleep deprived, it'll be very hard to tell the difference between what's a a good creative risk and what's just throwing it all out there.
0: Yeah. John, you must embrace risk all the time. I mean, BBH's famous Levi slogan, when the world zigs, zag, you know, that's very much um, embedded in everything that you do.
2: It's interesting, actually. I don't want to go off on this, but I have a funny thing about risk.
0: Okay. All right. Can I I, I, do my thing about
2: it? And I was. Asked to talk at a conference and they said, oh, we're doing a conference on adopting risk. And I, John, you're creative, so you do that. So would you come and give a talk about it? And I said, well, I'm not sure about it. Anyway, I went away and came back to the guy who was moderating it and said, look, I'm really sorry, but I don't like risk. And he, he looked at me in a very – and he said, well, what do you mean? And he said, I don't get up in the morning and go, hey, I want a really risky – breakfast. I think I'll have a risky journey to work. I think I might (laughs) go out and buy (laughs) a risky car. Maybe I'll go on a risky holiday when this is all over. I don't like risk. And I said, you know, words are very important. If you're trying to get clients to adopt something, you've got to find a way of getting them to adopt something, which they will do. If I say to a client, I'm sorry, the, the modern business today, you've got to adopt risk and that's it they they'll they'll sort of reel back in their chair and go no way I don't want to do it even though they know logically they should. So I said, you know, we've got to find another word. And and he said, so, you know, so what would you and I said what I would say to clients, I would say you know, excitement. Yeah. So when I talk about an idea, when I talk about something that's very different, I say this is exciting. Yeah. It's an exciting opportunity. So, you know, in a way Get up in the morning, do you want to have an exciting breakfast? Do you want to drive an exciting car? Have an exciting day? Yeah, I want to do that. So it's a different, you know, we use these words without really thinking about what they mean. So, but I would say, uh, I think great creative people are fearless. Okay. Because if you're doing what I'm doing, and maybe you're a fashion designer or you're a director, film director, or maybe even a novice, you kind of have to come in every day and have a new idea.
0: Yep. It's that, I-
2: that idea can't be like yesterday's idea. So, you know, uh, we talked about, you know, Keith Richard. I mean, he can go around the world playing Satisfaction. Well, they, may, they, they wrote that in 1968, 69, and, you know, they can play still that going. today and still go. 30,000 people will turn up and applaud. Yeah. I can't do that.
0: No, I, I don't think your career would no, quite be as I long could, as I if you did. Be, <laughs> I, said,
2: I had this idea in 1968. They'd be showing me the door. John, it's take him <laughs> it's out somewhere quick, get the phone, get, get security, get him out of here. So you've got to kind of have a, a fearlessness about what you're doing, but you, you don't care.
0: Yeah.
2: And that, in the sense, you could argue is risk. But I've always said, no, 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 think about it as exciting. So when you see when you're working on something and and you're trying to do something very new, does it excite you? Yeah. Oh, God, this would be a fabulous journey to go on. Yeah, it's going to might upset a few people. Yes, they might not like it. Yes, they might. But, hey, this could be really exciting. So I... I think the element for me in creativity that I've talked about is exciting. That's exciting. exciting.
0: Exciting, not risky. I can see why you work in advertising. Oh, You're good at rebranding sold things. you that concept really, really well, actually. Um, <laughs> I know you touched upon it a little bit earlier, but sleep and dreaming and how that impacts imagination. You said you've never had an idea come from a dream. Is that, is that right, John?
2: Oh, I have, but they've been absolute shite. <laughs>
0: OK. <laughs> not worth it. I woke up the next further. morning.
2: Good God, John. Why did you bother? Put the pen down. <laughs>
0: <laughs> do you have do you have a pen and paper by your bed then just I, in case I used to try it day? but I
2: gave up on it And I, every time in the morning I, it was just pressing actually I read it and like oh good God mean you really woke up for that you know
1: have you ever tried any of those those things where you sort of wake up and write things down as soon as you wake up before you do anything that
2: else occasionally has worked but again i'm I, I' you know I sort of wake up and i'm I'm sort of ready for the day I'm not necessarily waking up with ideas because i in my mind I would have not been sleeping. I would have not been getting the rest I wanted to get, you know. And and I think the other thing too is I, I'd said this thing about, you know, just going off if you have a problem sleeping, dream about something. And those dreams are wonderful and they set you in yeah. in a in a in a mood for kind of imagining stuff. You know yeah. that's what you're trying to do imagine. Yeah. You know, use your let, imagination
1: let, let the imagination. Let go. Run. There are people who have used that as a technique so there are intentional kind of dreaming techniques for problem solving where you meditate on a particular thing that's that's keeping you kind of creatively or cognitively stuck. Well as then, you're going to sleep. As you're going to sleep and then hope that in the course of your dreams you're kind of replaying what you've just thought about okay. and working it out and maybe so you wake up with a solution. So you're always actively
0: setting up that REM time to try and solve absolutely some, some people have
1: tried it so maybe maybe want to experiment with
0: and some other people have sort of hacked their dreams in different ways to try and get those you know try and take the creativity out of them absolutely so
1: um we mentioned this a little bit when we were talking to Jenny Colgan as well about some people who have tried to game that lucid dreaming state that you were talking about earlier where you're sort of half asleep half awake by setting alarms a little bit early letting yourself drift go back to sleep waking up again and trying to kind of induce that half their state where there's a bit in the back of your mind that sort of knows you're not quite asleep anymore, but you're not really awake either. Uh, So some people have actually tried to kind of tweak that and and hack it to to get ideas and creative juices flowing.
0: I take it you haven't done that, John? No good ideas come from your dreams?
1: I've always loved the fact, I I
2: call it the incidental nature of creativity, that actually in a way you kind of never know where the idea is coming from or when it's, cu- when it's going to come, when it's going to hit you. So you have to be constantly open all the time. It's very interesting. I did a little book on creativity, and one of the things I said is, you know, when you look at when the media often cover creative cultures or mm. creative environments, they often have people sitting in beanbags with a with – a, they have a beanie on as well. Which Always you have a, beanbag. a beanie on. <laughs> <laughs> and they have a computer. And I, I always it that is the last place you are ever going to have an idea.
0: Yeah. Never.
2: It would be nice to go to sleep there. It would be nice <laughs> to read a book there. It would be nice to watch a movie or a television, whatever it is. But you will not have an idea. And I think, in a way, there's that lovely thing of when you're thinking of an idea, pacing, walking. We often say... You know, if you're having problems with that, go for a walk. Yeah. Walk, go out, go for a walk and, and stop thinking about the problem. And what you've done is you've, you've, you've kind of absorbed all the information. It's all come in and you, you've, you've thought about things and then let it go in there. Let it settle. Go for a walk and suddenly, bang, yep. an idea can come out. And that's, that's what I love about it. And you, that's why when people say I've processed the creative moment, no. Yeah, yeah, it's bullshit. I mean, <laughs> I mean, we honestly used to say to clients, "Oh, yes, no, no. When we do this, is how we do it, and this yes, is how we're it's... more creative." It was bullshit. I mean, you've
0: you just know, gone for a wander. You go for a wander, gone for a wander, just... had a nap, oh, uh, and there you have it. Uh, and you've been you've been knighted uh, for this, have you? Yeah,
2: exactly. <laughs> Putting your feet up on the desk, <laughs> and uh, uh, I, I remember talking to the people down at um, uh, the animation company in Bristol. My brain stopped working. um Ardman. Yeah. And and Nick Park was saying, you know. Sometimes I'm I'm sitting on the uh, sitting at my desk with my feet on it, and people are walking by with it, she's not doing anything, and they don't realise, actually, I'm working really hard. Oh, oh, my hard. best
0: piece yeah. I'm, I'm on,
2: and I'm, you know, i have off, I've gone, I'm, you know, wandering around, and who knows where it will come out. And that is the kind of, you know, when you often get when people say, oh, John, we've got some uh, media they're going to cover off what we do, and so can you sort of show being creative? Look is what, <laughs> you know what, me just put my feet up on the desk. <laughs>
0: That's You <where We laughs> need some good stills you in know, your creative you process. Drawing
2: stuff up as though you're like... <laughs> oh, yes, this is it. This is the moment of creation. You know, oh, God, this, yes. you know, and it, of course it's nonsense.
0: Do you think these creative processes have evolved over the years for you? Have you, you know, have you always approached creativity like that?
2: I've got more confident over the years. Yeah. Um, I think actually I'm doing my best work now. Yeah. Which actually goes counter to what people say. They, yeah. But, but as I said, if you're in a business where, or if you're in, a pro, in, a, in, a, in an area of creativity where you have to come in every day and have a new idea. That the more you do it, the better you get at it, yeah. and the more you kind of, and the confidence you have with it, and and you know now I, I I sort of do give talks and I say to students about creativity and I always start the talk and I say look, before I do this there are two things I'm going to say so the first one is you don't have to agree with everything I say first thing and the second is I don't give a shit and and, <laughs> and like that comes that. with age and that, and that, kind that it confidence does. it does you know and I, the story I I love telling them is. The greatest architect in the world, greatest architect, Frank Lloyd Wright, died at the age of 91. And he died six months before the Guggenheim, his most famous building, opened in New York. So if he had decided to retire at, 90, uh, at 89, we wouldn't have the Guggenheim. Yeah. So, you know, this idea that age kind of dwindles, Blancy, you, it yeah. doesn't. It, yeah. it, what happens with certain people is they become fearful yeah and then they worry about their reputation their legacy uh and once you do that then you lose your creative spirit because you've got to go i just don't care
0: so, so, so what are the optimum conditions that you should be exposing yourself to obviously sleep being an important one but are, are there other things that you try and surround yourself by
2: oh lots of things you know most creative careers last 10 years 10 yes. years you do your great work and then as we've said, if you're a musician, you're lucky enough to go on repeating that. And that's fine. That's great. A lot of creative careers, you can't do that. So the first thing you have to do is surround yourself with other great creative people. So, you know, and that will inspire you. The other thing I always say to creative team, take the headphones off, please. Okay. Please don't walk around don't with the headphones your phone. On. Don't be glued to your phone. Don't be glued to your phone. Walk, look, see, overhear. You know, if, you, if you're a creative person walking around with headphones on, you're cutting yourself off. Yeah. If you're in the creative process, you're someone who's absorbing
0: mm, you're all absurd, these
2: influences then. all the time and they'll come back and you'll see something that's funny or witty or you'll overhear something and you'll say, I'll use that. I mean, Alan Bennett, the great writer, talks about he just it's overheard conversations and you can't invent that stuff. So you've got to do that. Then don't become a cynic. Fundamentally important. Okay, optimist. A, be an optimist, but you've got to believe that you're going to change the world with this idea. So yeah. you've got to be, you're not. You're probably almost certainly not. Well, that's not an optimist. You might
1: change a small part you of it. You might
2: change a small part of it, <laughs> but you know, but it, you've got to believe in it and read stuff other people aren't reading. Okay. Read all the good stuff, go to the shows, go to that, but also read things that other credit people aren't reading. So that gives you an advantage and exposes you to things. Oh, I never thought about that. That's yep. interesting.
0: yep. So let's speak about a little bit about workplace culture because surely yeah. it's changed quite a lot over the years from when you launched BBH back in 1982. 1982,
2: was it? yes we say back in for me it feels like just yesterday but you know yeah um,
0: you know is, is it still a place where you're working all hours or do you think people are respecting a lot more that you know you need the work-life balance that it, it is about sort of taking time out? or maybe you've always always lived by that philosophy.
2: Well, we always at BBH we always I mean it's a very demanding business, but it's demanding and fun. Yeah. So you can't you know it's it's like if if you're on a roll with something you don't say oh very sorry I've got to go and get the 715 from Waterloo now. Yeah. You just keep going on it. I mean that's that's the fun of it. That's the excitement of it. But we always did say to people you know you must take the weekend off. Yeah. You must go and do other things. But you've got to recharge. You've got to get those other influences, talk to people, get outside. You know, I've always said you know when I I worked in advertising because I'm now not doing that, but I'm doing something else. You know, I I used to say I work in advertising. I don't live in advertising. Okay. And and it's very important. I mean, great ideas, what you're doing, is you're pulling in the world around you into your work. As I go back to what I said, creativity is an expression of self. So if you're not absorbing lots of different and distinctive things, then you can't actually get those to come back out. So always at BBH, although it was... A very energised culture. We didn't expect people to kind of be there all hours and, you know, work through the night every other week and stuff like that. It was very respectful, I think, of their time.
0: And and looking towards the future, you know, you you must have seen advertising change enormously over the past 50 years. How do you think things like AI and technology and big data, you, you know, do you think creativity will be as relevant as ever? Oh, it, more so.
2: I yeah. mean, th- th- there's a lot of rubbish about big data and uh, we're all going to be reduced to an algorithm, a lot of crap. I mean, yeah. of course, you know, who's telling you that? People who sell big data. People who've, who are developing algorithms saying this is the future. Of course they're going to be important. Of course it's very good. But ultimately everybody will have access to the algorithms. Everybody has access to the big data. And we all end up in the same place.
0: Yes. Yeah, so and then the you, go, makes us then you is... go,
2: now what are you going to do? Yeah. Oh, I know. Let's have an idea. So when I hear people talk like this, I just, again, you know, you're talking to people who just do not understand what actually drives people. What actually is there? What? Do you, how do you get their emotions to respond? How do you present something to them in a way which they haven't thought of before or felt before or realised before? That's the importance of creativity. You know, why was Picasso such a great artist? Because he said he kept changing the way he wanted you to look at a picture. So he went from cubism to his portraiture where he changed the way you created a portrait. And what, that's what he was trying to do. He was trying to get you to look at something differently. And that's what creativity is.
0: Brilliant. We are nearly out of time for today, but my final thing is my little challenge to you. On the spot. On the spot. Um, oh. If we were going to coin a little advertising slogan or, you know, a little message around boosting sleep and creativity, what do you think we should go for? What, what do you be? think? I'm... We can come up with uh, Simba's, <laughs> Simba's new slogan right here, <laughs> well, right it, now. It should be something like, you know,
2: sleep better, think better.
0: Simple. Love it. But perfect.
1: Love it. Putting Thank that you. in everything
0: now. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Charlotte. It's been a lot. fascinating. Thank speaking you so to much. You. Cheers. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Sleep Life. Make sure you subscribe and would also love it if you could rate or review this episode. Now, we talk a lot in this podcast about things you can do to change your day-to-day behaviour or sleep environment, all of which are really important. one of the easiest things you can do is just making sure you're sleeping in a bedroom that's really set up to help you sleep better and that's what Simba is all about you can check out Simba's award-winning hybrid mattress at SimbaSleep.com where you'll also be able to find the rest of Simba's range designed to solve common sleep problems we'll also drop any offers in the show notes so keep an eye out for that We'll be back in two weeks' time, but watch out for a special bonus
1: episode dropping next week, a sleep story written by Claire Storrow designed specifically to help you doze off. Until then, sweet dreams.